welcome to LEAD, a podcast from the Lakes Education Action Drive, a nonprofit organization dedicated to preserving the natural beauty and quality of lakes in Polk County, Florida. Established in 1985, LEAD has taken an active role in the pursuit to preserve our lakes and environmental resources. In addition, LEAD encourages residents to take advantage of the many excellent opportunities our lakes provide. Before we get started, LEAD would like to thank our sponsor, Florida's Horizon, a company dedicated to building bridges and providing solutions between the regulated and the regulators. LEAD is recorded at the Off Brian Studios in beautiful Central Florida. Now, sit back and enjoy this episode. On this episode of LEAD, we will be speaking with professional engineer Tamara Richardson. Tamara is a director of Polk County Utilities. Polk County Utilities provides safe drinking water, wastewater collection and treatment systems to nearly 68,000 accounts in unincorporated communities throughout the county. In some service areas, this division also provides reclaimed water. Some quick facts about Polk County Utility Program include produces and distributes 15.7 million gallons of drinkable water each day, collects and treats 7 million gallons of wastewater each day, and produces and distributes 5.4 million gallons a day of reuse water for irrigation. And according to the 2020 census, about 46 people a day are moving into Polk County. That growth means an increased demand for services, including drinking water. Utility Divisions also works closely with agencies such as the Water Management District, Florida's Department of Environmental Protection, and other municipalities in Polk County to provide for future demand through planning and water conservation measures. Tamara has served as Director of Polk County Utilities since December of 2017, and as Director, Tamara and her team are responsible for all functions of the Utilities Division, including water production and distribution, wastewater collection and treatment, reclaimed water production and distribution, compliance and capacity, capital investments, maintenance and repairs, customer service and billing, and the financial management of all these efforts. Before coming to Polk County, Tamara served as a city engineer and utilities director for a medium-sized Central Florida city with similar utility services for 15 years. Prior to that, she was a consulting engineer for a design firm specializing in municipal water and wastewater infrastructure. Tamara graduated summa cum laude from the University of Central Florida, go Knights, with a Bachelor's of Science in Environmental Engineering. So welcome, Tamara. Thank you. Before we get started, before we get involved in today's topic, which I think is fascinating, what motivated you to get in the water business? Well, I've always been um, a very uh, environmentally conscious person, and providing water and wastewater 
uh, services for our citizens is it's a good way to take that passion and turn it into a valuable service. We are able to take care of these basic needs of every human so they don't have to worry about it um, while, we, uh, while we protect and preserve the environment. It's just a very rewarding job. I guess I'm just a, um, I just have the heart of a servant. That's really what you are. Mm -hmm. You're a servant to Absolutely. the folks, bringing them fresh, safe drinking water yes. on a daily basis. Are you from Florida originally? No, I'm actually from the Chicago area. But I've lived here for 35 years, so I lived here much longer than I lived up there. You were so. definitely a Floridian yes, at this I, point I feel in time. I, I'm not the Yankee I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, different type of water up there, different type of environments up yes, there. Yes. Uh, I've been to Chicago. I've seen how they pull water up, out from yes. Lake Michigan. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have water, certainly, in lakes, rivers, and streams. We have the ocean. We have the Gulf of Mexico. But we rely on groundwater, predominantly in Polk County. Yes, we do. Central Florida uh, relies on uh, the upper Florida water so as, as for water source. Um, we've been blessed with this water source. It, it's high quality. Uh, it requires very little treatment. Largely, we just have to um, disinfect and then send it to our customers. That water is not, is, it's turned out it's not as abundant as, it's, as we one time thought. The upper aquifer is directly connected to lakes and streams and wetlands. As we stress that, Source, there's less pressure in the aquifer, so the lakes and the streams and the, and the springs start to drop. So the district has, uh, the districts all got together and came up with a plan and decided how much was sustainable from the upper aquifer, from the upper Florida aquifer. And any water that you need beyond that needs to come from some other source. So there's lots of sources we've looked at. This is what we're here to talk about is one of those projects. I remember the Central Florida Water Initiative. Yes. Where you probably, you obviously know a lot about that and how those three districts come together. And I remember really talking about there is a, there's an end game. You know, there's the amount of water that we can, we really have to stop withdrawing from our aquifer because it does affect those lakes, rivers, yes. and streams. Yes. And that number is 760 million gallons a day. So anything beyond that, we have to find from someplace else. And it's anticipated that our withdrawals will meet that number, will we'll hit that number by the year 2025. So after the year 2025, any withdrawals you need beyond that, you have to find some other water source. Three years away. Oh yes, yes, yes. A lot Holy of these projects cow. are underway. <laughs> Everything that's happening in the world today, certainly there's a lot more people moving to Florida today. I understand it's about a thousand people a day. Uh, our growth rate is the highest up in our northeast region, um, and we are seeing double-digit growth up there. Uh, we just have so many people coming in uh, that at right now our projections, the projections that we've been working off of, they're actually uh, picking up. So we need to plan for those people to come in, so not only for the future, but also for our current residents, to have a sustainable water supply for their indoor needs and for reasonable irrigation. I like what you said, reasonable yes. irrigation. <laughs> and that's so important. We we like green grass. Yes. But, you know, sometimes grass needs to, you know, go into hibernation. Yes. And, and fluctuate. Yes. And uh, we have a great uh, water conservation program here in Polk. And uh, what we do is go out, we try to educate people about the proper way to irrigate. If you irrigate properly, the, the, the grass is 
hardier and can take drier times without excessive water. So if you just follow the watering restrictions and do what the, what the water management districts recommend, your grass is actually going to be better off and you'll use less water. Roots go a little deeper, don't they? Roots go a little deeper, so they're protected from that summer heat. And, and I've always heard that as well. And, you know, growing up as a farmer, as I did, you know, my father used to always say, Water is for our crops and for drinking. It's mm -hmm. not to put on the grass. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to water the grass, son. And, and it, it's true. Yes. I have bahia at home at our house, and you know, it goes brown in the winter, and it's just three months out of the year we don't have to mow. We love it. <laughs> Absolutely. Save a little bit of time. Yes. Besides the incredible responsibility of meeting the current water supply demands, you know, Polk County Utilities must be on the forefront in sourcing new supply and creative ways of distribution. As you said, we talked about the upper floor and an aquifer and then the supplies, how it supplies Polk County. And really four other areas in Central Florida is under tremendous strain. You know, your own statistics show Polk will need an additional 21 million gallons of water per day by 2040 even. Mm -hmm. But we talked here 2025 where we're going to bump up to our demands. Mm -hmm. So today we're going to talk about direct potable reuse. What is it? Well, there's two, there's direct potable reuse and indirect potable reuse. Indirect potable reuse is when you take um, reclaimed water, which is highly treated wastewater. So you, it's gone through the wastewater plant and it's removed pathogens and the solids and all the, all the things that make it wastewater. So by the time it comes out of the plant, it's clean and it actually, reclaimed water actually does meet primary drinking water standards at that point. So then if you take that water and put it into, say, a wetland or, um, or into a, uh, re like a retention pond on the ground, let it soak through. So it goes through the back, in, it's introduced back into the earth, and then you pull that water back out from that same spot. That's indirect potable reuse. Direct potable reuse, it miss, it, you don't use that, the, that intervention of the, of the earth. It goes right from the end of the wastewater treatment plant where it's already been treated, and it's introduced directly into a water plant system. So then it's treated beyond, it's treated even, it has additional treatment to remove a lot of the things that aren't necessary to remove uh, that important if you're using it for irrigation water. Uh, some of the things that we're looking at removing are things like pharmaceuticals um, and making sure there's no, uh, no viruses, nothing, no bacteria, everything has been removed. And then it's introduced back into the water plant and, sent, and, and blended with the groundwater that we already use and sent out to, for distribution. And you guys have been doing that for years? Oh, everybody does. And, it, and it's the same thing we irrigate with it. It goes into the ground and it's going back into the drinking water system eventually, eventually soaks back into the aquifer. So anytime you're using reclaimed water for irrigation or disposing of it through rapid infiltration basins, um, that is a form of indirect potable reuse. Sure, so we've been doing that for years. We've been doing it for years. No big deal. No big deal. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. But with direct, certainly that that changes the game a little bit. It's just that it, it the it just the fact that it just misses the earth. Well, so what we'll do is we'll take the treated wastewater and put it through additional treatment, and that's what we're doing right now. We have a pilot plant right now that we're built, we're constructing a pilot plant, and it provides additional treatment. It has a, a sedimentation and ozonation and all these other and, and um, micro um, micromembranes to actually treat the water to a higher standard to remove 
all, anything of concern, anything that may be regulated in the future, it's not regulated now, but um, contaminants of concern. So we're, we're already going to be removing those, and we're doing a pilot test to see what processes we need to attain the goals that we, we want to attain. Um, the, the, the Department of Environmental Protection is uh, in the process of making their rules regarding uh, direct portable reuse. So we, that way we can, while they're making their rules, we can see how we can meet them using this pilot plant. So the water is going to be about 10 gallons per minute going through the plant. And after it goes through, we won't be using it. We're going to send it back to the wastewater plant. We will not be using it. It'll be very, it'll be very clear when and if this project becomes a source of water. Everybody will know it. We're going, we plan to be incredibly transparent. We don't want anybody. We have no intention of um, doing anything behind us behind the scenes. Of we're course. Gonna be, we're going to be very transparent. It'll be very open and um, we'll let people know if, when and if this happens. It'll be decided by our board. Of course. Mm -hmm. The county commission certainly yes. will be yes. the ones that will They'll ultimately that decide decision. this. Mm -hmm. When you talk about DEP, so the Department of Environmental Protection, they, uh, they're overseeing this at this time or they're just kind of watching you what is their role here other oh, than regulation uh, right now they're just they're just watching the project mm -hmm. uh, they haven't made their rules right now they have rules for water and rules for wastewater but they don't have the rules that connect reclaimed to drinking water right now so they're writing those rules so, so we're not exactly sure what that's going to end up looking like but we plan to provide any information that we can to them so in maybe they can help it'll help help them to develop these rules. Um, and in the same time as they're developing the rules, again, we can look at how we're treating our water to make sure we are meeting their, those rules. And again, we're not the only ones looking at it. There's several cities in Polk County. There's um, other cities in the, with, in the states. There's other states. And it's actually already being used. It's a, there's already um, direct portable reuse in operation today in California, in Texas, and in Colorado. There are other countries that use it. A lot of them are in Africa, where, the, as you can imagine, they have um, water supply issues all the time. Right. Uh, they do it on the space station. Right. And I actually, this was this weekend, I was in uh, New Orleans for a family reunion. The river itself uh, takes reclaimed water, takes the wastewater from 30 states. By the time it gets down to um, New Orleans, they withdraw that water and use it for potable. So their water treatment facility is very similar to the pilot plant that we're doing as far as the treatment that they use. And I was just there, and their drinking water is excellent. No kidding. Excellent. You know, it's true, and I've always heard, you know, from Minnesota all the way down. Yes, they do. The, you know, the Mississippi, the mighty Mississippi yes. is taking reclaimed water. Yes, and like I said, I'm from Chicago. Chicago sends it there. Wow. Yeah, so they're getting it from a lot of, of course it's treated, nobody puts it in raw wastewater, but of course. Of course it's treated, but yeah, so the treated wastewater from 30 states is being used for drinking water now. In New Orleans and Louisiana. Mm -hmm. And I've heard that, and I've, I've certainly heard, you know, California have been doing this for quite a bit of yes. time yes. now, indirect and direct. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about what it does. I guess what I want to find out is, why are you looking at it? Well, that's a very good question. We, as a utility provider now, with, now that we have to meet these uh, the changing rules and regulations, and we have, since we have to find our water from other sources, as a utility, we have to look at it to provide the most economically feasible options for our customers. We've got to keep our rates 
so that water is affordable. Uh, it's, you know, water's not a luxury, it's a, it's a necessity. So we have to keep it as affordable as we can. It started to become an issue, Everbloom is becoming aware that we cannot keep something from the upper Florida. The first thing everybody did was go to water conservation. That's the cheapest thing. Just, just don't, you just use less. That's the yes. cheapest thing. The second thing we did was to start expanding the beneficial use of reclaimed. No longer is a disposal option, now it's a valuable resource. So we expanded our um, reuse systems, especially in the Northeast where most of our growth is, and the new houses with the in-ground irrigation systems. So we use about 90% of, of our reclaimed water as um, irrigation water up there, right. which is really, really high. Right. I believe the average in Florida is about 40%. So that's, we're doing it. We use every drop that we can up in the Northeast. Great. Another option is to use um, the reclaimed to recharge areas that have been, are already being harmed or have the potential for being harmed. So maybe you might um, use it to rehydrate a wetland or um, rehydrate a spring. So that's another option that's a little bit still. Now we're getting, as I'm talking about these, they're getting more and more expensive as I sure. talk about them. Then our next project is with the um, Polk Regional Water Cooperative. That's all, that's Polk County and all the cities in Polk County have gotten together to find common solutions to our water supply issue. The, uh, the more people you have, the more affordable the projects become because again, these alternative water supply projects are extremely expensive. So we're looking at going to the lower Floridan. In lower Floridan, there are confining layers between the upper and lower. Not to say that they're completely not connected, but there's definitely less direct impact to the surficial water bodies. But unfortunately, the lower Floridan does require treatment. It tends to have higher salts. It has more minerals and iron. So it does require treatment before we can um, use it for drinking water. Sure they tend to require a reverse osmosis plant. So the PRWC is looking at two projects, one in, south, in, uh, one in the southeast and one in uh, north of Lakeland that use lower Floridan wells and RO plants, reverse osmosis, and then massive distribution, 66 miles of, tra of transmission mains to get the water from the plants to the cities that need them. Because of course the the further you are away from the population, the less demand there is on that aquifer. But of course, that's not where you need it. So it's most available where you don't need it. Sure. So these projects are, as you can imagine, are very expensive. We're talking half a billion dollars for these projects. So all of us are going together and we're getting funding from uh, the federal government, from the state, from the water management district is, is pitching in about 50%. So this is a, a very large cooperative project. So now that's, now that's very expensive. So now other options, the governing board for the water management district has identified direct pullable reuse as a viable option and something they would like to see water providers pursue. And the reason we're looking at it is because in our north, like I said, our northeast region, we use every drop of reclaimed. In our sure. northwest region, we need potable water, but we have excess reclaimed. So it's a perfect opportunity. So it's something that we want to investigate. Is this technologically and economically feasible? Is this something we should pursue? So that's why we're, we're taking a look at it. And like I said, other cities, uh, Haines City and Plant City, other are interested Davenport are interested in these direct potable reuse projects. So we're all kind of they're all kind of following along, sharing data, you know, cooperating. We all the 
you know, public outreach. We all work together on these types of issues. So, like I said, they, we look at the least expensive to the most expensive. That's where we are now at the expensive projects. It makes sense when you when you talk about the infrastructure required, those 66 miles of mm -hmm. piping. Yes. Uh -huh. You know, people sometimes don't realize, you know, water is belongs to the state of Florida. Yes. Water under the ground belongs to the people of Florida. Yes. So it's free, technically. Yes, yes. But it costs a lot of money to withdraw it. Yes. And then even a whole lot more money to put it where it's needed. Yes. So in, as you're talking, I'm thinking the Southeast well field, as it's called, I think you yes, call it, it for the lower yeah. Florida. Yes. And the Northeast. Northeast, obviously, closer to population center. The Southeast certainly is not. Right. I would imagine these direct potable systems, if it works, sounds like it might, they're a lot closer to population centers too, correct? Exactly, because where we're producing the reclaimed water is in the population center. So um, it, it still requires similar treatment as the Southeast well field, but it doesn't require the piping. So it, it has the potential of being more cost effective. So that's what we're looking at. They're, they're not, they may not necessarily be the big regional projects, but they're certainly they may provide local um, local benefits, local solutions. So that's why everybody's interested in it. It makes so much sense, and it takes a lot of pressure off the big regional systems yes, yes. to be in place at certain dates. Yes. If you can prolong that, like you said with conservation, turn the water off when you brush your teeth. Yes. As simple as that sounds. Yes. Buy low-flow toilets. Mm -hmm. Use less irrigation. If it rains, don't water your property. Man, that adds so much water to our system, mm -hmm. and we're doing that. And I think our people in Polk County are getting better at it. Mm -hmm. Yes, they but are. But we still need other resources. Yes. Yes, we still need other resources. And again, the, our, our lakes and our springs and our wetlands, it's an important part of our identity. We, are, we enjoy our outdoor life. And we want to preserve these things. We want to preserve our the habitat for the wildlife that lives here. These surface waters are just as important to us as where is anything else in the, in the in our county. Our drinking water and our our livelihood, our homes. These are all part of who we are. So it's important to preserve them. Something I learned when I I did come to Polk County for the first time is, you know, your utility. Your job is to when I turn my faucet on, water comes out. That's right. And I'm, I'm assured it's going to be safe for me to drink. Yes. But you take it so much further in realizing that there is five over 550 lakes in our rivers and yes. our streams, the headwaters of five major river yep. systems, yep. the green swamp, yes. the little Everglades of Florida, if you will. You guys really take that seriously. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Not only do is it important to us as, you know, residents and employees of Polk County, but it's just, in, it's it's also the regulatory agencies take it very seriously, so we all are. So we all want to preserve what we have. We don't want to drain our drain our state. So it's important to all of us. All right, so you have a pilot project. Mm -hmm. What's happening with it right now? Well, that's another reason this project is so, such a, it's such a perfect project. Our wastewater plant is about, it, like as a crow flies, it's like across the street. So we have our wastewater plant, which is in the northwest region, and we just built a brand new regional water plant. It's called the Cherry Hill Water Treatment Facility, and it's just 
kind of across the street. So when we already have a reclaimed main that runs past the plant. So it's just, it's perfect location. Um, and so the water plant, we've actually built it to handle and educating them about nice. recycled reuse. So we have, it's, it's a nice facility. We have it so you can come in and see everything. There's you know, you know, parking available and restrooms to, to accommodate groups. So we plan to accommodate groups of you know, students, of uh, regulatory agencies, politicians, um, just organizations that are interested in this type of project, just anybody who's interested, you know, like I said, college students, mm -hmm. uh, anybody who's interested, engineer, uh, engineering firms, other cities, other counties, anybody who's interested in this type of project can come here and look at it and actually see it running through and actually see how the project's working. Uh, and it's a, like I said, a brand new, beautiful facility, so you can actually see it and kind of see the operators getting their hands on it. It's, it's going to be a really wonderful opportunity for sharing information. Was it built with direct reuse in mind? It's planned to have direct reuse if that's the direction we go as far as uh, the, the facilities aren't there yet, but it does have the space available and we did plan for you know where these facilities would go if we did go to direct reuse in the future. But there, the, the facilities aren't there yet, only the pilot plant. The pilot plant is mm -hmm. there. So you treat it coming out of our wastewater systems right now already are treated to drinking water standards. It is. It is. Then they're going to go into this new plant, yes. a, a water supply plant, yes. and treat it even more. Treat it even further, yes. Yeah, there are um, the reclaimed water parameters of concern. Of course, we want to meet the primary and secondary drinking water standards. Um, we want to meet, remove total organic carbons and total organic halides, which are um, precursors for trihalomethanes, which are potential cancer-causing agents. So remo removing that to make sure that we don't have that issue. Then unregulated contaminants, contaminants that um, the EPA and DEP and other folks, they're, they're looking at as something that doesn't need to be regulated and to what level. Like, like I said, like the um, uh, pharmaceuticals that people have been hearing about. Sure. And uh, personal care products, there's a lot of things that come out of you know, the shampoo and body washes that are it, that may still be in the drink in the uh, reclaimed water. Right. Because they've gone down the drain. So removing all of those. So we're looking at removing all of those ahead of time. And then of course the pathogens, viruses, protozoa, bacteria. So removing all of that so the water is as Pure as we're going as it needs to be to make sure before it's introduced into the back into the drinking water system. And I would imagine the last two years that has been, you know, kind of game changing in, for all of us dealing with the pandemic. You know, coming up with ways to to make sure we don't have those being shared, the, the, yes. those pathogens, those in our system. Yes. Yes, we've removed the pathogens and bacteria again now. We, anything that's going to have public access needs to be safe. Uh, you, I'm sure you've seen the signs that say, you know, do not drink reclaimed water. Yep, I have. It's not going to guarantee a kid's yeah, not going to go out it. there and drink it. And you can. Right. You can. So, right. But it's not meant for drinking water, but it, it still is safe for public access. And that's what, that's what our goal is. And this is just going to take it even one step further. So this, uh, uh, this the, um, the pilot testing uh, flow diagram includes, um, first of all, we'll have enhanced coagulation sedimentation to take out anything, uh, anything, that, any organics that can be coagulated where they, we get them to stick together so they're heavier and settle out. And they settle. And then um, ozone and biofiltration, so that's taking the water and running it through 
membrane, really small openings to take out any um, very small particles, any type of um, organics or viruses or bacteria. Then um, adding, then going to ultrafiltration, which is a very high level disinfectant. And then taking it through carbon filters. Uh, and anybody who has a Brita filter or that type of thing knows it takes out that take that's more of a um, kind of a finishing step for uh, taste and makes your, your taste and odors. It's a, definitely a um, uh, an aesthetic type step. Mm-hmm. Um, and then UV dis- disinfection, uh, that final step of disinfection before it goes out to the system. Yeah, that's a lot of a lot of steps and to ensure yeah, the safety. Very, yeah, definitely very high tech. This is a higher tech type um, uh, water treatment system rather compared to what we normally would have because we have such wonderful groundwater. And and the biggest challenge that we face with this project is getting people comfortable with the idea, you know, the getting over the yuck factor. Um, So that's a big part of this project is the public outreach and that's why we made sure these facilities were so um, readily readily accepting to a, a visitation. Uh, we want to get people comfortable with the idea. Um, you know, water that the water that comes out of your tap is required to meet all types of levels of drinking water standards, all types of regulations. So we want to get people comfortable with the idea that as it goes through these processes, it's it's good, it's safe, it's clean. Bottled water doesn't have to meet those regulations. Right. People are more comfortable with bottled water than they are with tap water. Right. So we got to change that perception that tap water is somehow um, less clean than bottled water. Because tap water, like I said, the, the re- regulations we have to meet are are extensive. Yes, they um, are. And we are, we're required to do regular testing, monitor the water all the time. We have highly trained water operators who oversee the production of this water. It's so it's so monitored and regulated that it's very clean when it comes out. And so this, and this is going to be the same. Uh, this is still, this is going to be highly regulated and highly monitored. So we just need to get people comfortable with the idea. And so we're going to be doing a public outreach program. We've already started it, you know, just through the media, through going to schools, through bringing groups out to the plant, and, and just getting people used to it, and, and showing them, and, and describing other places, and showing them other places that it's used in the world. And so I, I, I'm, I'm comfortable we'll have a great deal of success with it because it'll be similar in what I feel is going to be similar to the conservation program. When we first started with conservation, nobody was on board with it. They were not as interested in it. But once they understood why we were doing it and why it was important, they wanted to do the right thing. You know, citizens wanted to do the right thing. They wanted to conserve. They wanted to preserve the environment. They wanted to ensure uh, safe drinking water for the future. So I think once we um, explain to them, this is an extension of that. This is part of the whole program. I think I think we'll have some. I think we'll have a great deal of success in getting people comfortable with the idea. I do too. It truly is marketing. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. It is marketing. Do we're going to start marketing our water because our water is great. I'm very proud of it. Well, that's good. Is there anything else you'd like to finish on this project before we stop? Do we miss anything? No, I think we've I think we've covered everything. I think we've covered the um, the idea of it and our plans for it. Uh, one thing I would like to add is anybody is invited to come see the plant when it's online. It's going to be constructed this spring and it should be online in July. Wow. So anybody who's interested in coming out and seeing it, we would we would be more than happy to show it off. 
So we invite anybody, any of your listeners, to come out and see the plant and maybe even take a drink at the end if they like. <laughs> well, that would be an awesome opportunity. And I think maybe even Lakes Education Action Drive could put together uh, a group to come oh, out and, we and would share. love it. We would love it. I we will definitely keep you. in contact mm -hmm. with you guys for that. Please do. You know, you guys provide great communications and updates to its constituents, and, and that's true. So I received an email with information on this very topic, and of course that's what prompted me mm -hmm. to speak with you, and I really appreciate this time. But in the email it said, for more information, we could go to the Florida Department of Environmental Protection's One Water Florida. Yes. Is that a great resource for people to, to find out more information? It certainly is. It's, it, it, it provides um, a very comprehensive um, source of information where, what everybody's doing and what, what our common goals are and what we're doing to achieve those common goals. It's an excellent resource. We use them. We contribute to it. So it's, it's an excellent resource. I encourage everybody to visit that site. And, of course, you can go to polk-county dot net forward slash utilities yes yes and we have some, we have information as well and it provides links to some of these other sites as well so also did you know that polk county utilities they want to help you with your water efficiency yes we so, do so leaks overwatering, antiquated fixtures can all account for unnecessary water use and cost polk county utilities can provide free indoor water conservation kits Free landscape and irrigation evaluation is also available to the high volume water users, including single and multifamily homes and commercial businesses. The water sense, the toilet rebate program, allow you to upgrade your porcelain throw to an EPA certified toilet and receive up to a $100 rebate. And Polk County customers with automatic irrigation systems are eligible for free wireless rain sensors. All this information you can find out at polk-county.net forward slash utilities. Tamara, thank you so very much. This is super informative. I know we're going to hear a lot more about it, yes. and I'm excited to, to have more information come through and certainly do a tour in the future. Thank you, Tamara. Thank you. you've enjoyed this episode of lead once again thank you florida's horizon and the off-brain studios for your generous hospitality if you would like to be a part of lead and sponsor this podcast just send an email to lakeseducation at hotmail.com to learn more about the lakes education action drive visit them at www.lakeseducation.org please join us on the next episode of lead